Hello, my name is David Ewan, and this is Bible 101 from the Resurrection Center. Our pastors are Pastor Jose Martinez and his wife, Pastor Melly. Again, I'm David Ewan, and this is K-Radio and Resurrection Center Radio. Check out Bible 101 on the K-Radio, and you can go to thekradio.com. So today, we're going to be talking about four books of the Bible. They're the last four books of the Old Testament, and we have already done the other books in the Old Testament. You can check that out at www.thekradio.com. Uh, today, I'll be talking about Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. In Zephaniah, God warns that he will judge Israel and the surrounding nations, but that he will also restore them in peace and justice. In the book of Haggai, uh, the people have abandoned the work of restoring God's temple in Jerusalem, and so Haggai takes them to task, and we'll talk about that. In the book of Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah calls Israel to return to God and records prophetic visions that show what's happening behind the scenes. In the book of Malachi, God has been faithful to Israel, but they continue to live disconnected from him. So God sends Malachi to call them out. And that'll wrap up the Old Testament. And a reminder, just go to thekradio.com to get a complete summary of Bible 101. Up to now, we've already completed um, the entire Old Testament of the Bible. Um, I'm going to start off with Zephaniah. And Zephaniah is the ninth of the minor prophets, the last 12 books of the Old Testament. When God had a message for his people, he spoke through prophets. And the words came through visions, oracle, dreams, and parables, etc. So Zephaniah preached his message during the rule of King Hosiah, who had initiated religious reform in all of Judah and some surrounding territories. At this time, the nation as a whole was obeying God's laws and turning from idols. Since the land was obeying God, one might ask, whom was Zephaniah warning then? His warning seemed to better resonate with the next generation of Judah. After Hosea dies in battle, his sons take the throne for 22 years. They disobey the Lord, they stir up trouble with Babylon, and they disregard the prophet Jeremiah. Plus, the priests and citizens defile God's temple. So here's a quick outline of Zephaniah. Like the book of Joel, Zephaniah takes a bad news first approach. He begins with the coming destruction of Jerusalem, discusses the downfall and restoration of the outside nations, and finishes with the promise that Judah and Israel will be restored. So it's one, two, three, four. Number one, desolation and discipline on Judah. Number two, desolation on the surrounding nations. Number three, Lord's remnant from the nations. And number four, the Lord's remnant from Israel. The theme verse of Zephaniah comes from chapter two, verse three. Seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. Judah had been doomed long ago. The old king, Manasseh, had led the nation away from God and into heinous idolatry, including human sacrifice. Manasseh's son only made it worse. God had shown mercy during those days, but although he is slow to anger, 
He does not let the guilty go unpunished. Judah is enjoying some peace, though. The good king, Hosiah, reigns, and he has directed people back to God. It's about this time that God sends the prophet Zephaniah with a startling message for Judah. God is about to bring everything to an end. The day of the Lord is coming to Judah, and it's a terrible day for those who have put God to the test all these years. The judgment doesn't stop at Judah. The whole world will be consumed. Zephaniah tells the people that the nations of the world cannot stand. Mob, Ammon, Ethiopia, and especially Assyria. All nations will know that he is God, and he will make a complete end. Indeed, a terrifying one of all the inhabitants of the earth. And that's in Zephaniah 1.18. But Zephaniah doesn't end the message there. God has bigger plans than the end of the world. God will remove all things, yes, but then he will restore all things. And the restoration doesn't stop at Judah. God will bring about a time when all the nations will call on the name of the Lord. Judah, Israel, the nations, and the Lord will dwell together in peace, justice, and joy. So that's all I wanted to say about the book of Zephaniah. Now let's talk about the book of Haggai. The book of Haggai. It is the tenth of the minor prophets. Uh, that's what the Haggai is. Haggai is the tenth of the minor prophets. And, it's, and this book is the last 12 books of the Old Testament, uh, or within the last 12 books of the Old Testament. Most of the minor prophets wrote about the coming destruction of Judah, Israel, and the surrounding nations, but Haggai is different. Like Zechariah and Malachi, Haggai shows up at the scene long after the destruction took place. Haggai points the Jews in an obedient direction, particularly their leaders, Zerubbabel. I'm going to say that again, Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel, their governor, and Hosea, their high priest, not the one who fought at Jericho. When they obey, God affirms. Haggai blends history and prophecy like no other minor prophet. Most of these books are collections of discourses and visions, but Haggai mixes short messages from God with the way people respond to them. Haggai is also the most specific of the minor prophets when it comes to dates. He gives the month and day of every message God sends him. So here's a quick outline of Haggai. God calls the people to complete the temple. Then the people obey. And finally, God responds with encouragement and blessing. The theme verse of Haggai is in chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple that I may be pleased with it and be glorified, says the Lord. And again, that's in Haggai, chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. So after spending 70 years as captives in Babylon, the Jews were allowed to return to Jerusalem. The Persian emperor Cyrus, uh, Cyrus, I should say, issued a decree. The Jews were to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Zerubbabel, who was the royal line of, who was of the royal line of David, led the Jews back home. They made some progress too. They set up a new altar. And they even laid out the foundation of the new building. But when the surrounding nations interfered, the temple construction stopped. The Jews built their own houses, worked their fields, 
and let the temple lie in shambles. But their lives were in shambles too. There was little food, little wine, little clothing, little rain, and little money. At this time, a new prophet Haggai speaks up. Consider your ways. And that's in Haggai chapter 1, verse 7. Because the people have ignored God's temple, God has withheld rain, food, and prosperity. The solution? It's easy. Get back to work on the temple. Zerubbabel and the people do so, and Haggai responds to their obedience with four more brief messages from God. So one, two, three, four. Number one, I am with you. Number two, I will shake all nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations and I will fill this house with glory. Number three, from this day on, I will bless you. Number four, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Sheltel, my servant, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. And that's all I wanted to say about the book of Haggai. Now let's talk about the book of Zechariah. So let's talk about Zechariah's role in the Bible. Zechariah is the 11th of the Minor Prophets, which is the last 12 books of the Old Testament. When God had a message for the people, remember, he spoke through the prophets, and that could be through visions, oracles, dreams, etc. Most of the Minor Prophets wrote about the coming destruction of Judah, Israel, and the surrounding nations, but Zechariah is different. Like Haggai and Malachi, Zechariah shows up at the on the scene long after the destruction took place. So if we go to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3, we see the theme verse in Zechariah. Return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, that I may return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So Zechariah uses different ways to communicate to God's word to the people in this book. There are, there are three ways. One is visions. The next one is the word of the Lord. And the last one is symbolic demonstrations. Let me talk about those. Okay. So again, Zechariah uses different ways to communicate God's word to the people of, uh, in this book. So in visions, Zechariah uses vivid visions similar to those that you see in the book of Ezekiel, Daniel, and Revelation. He sees lampstands, horses, flying scrolls, and other images that symbolize the spiritual landscape. For Zechariah and us, it's a good thing an angel interprets many of these symbols. The next one, the word of the Lord. This is your typical prophetic discourse, which you will find in almost every book of the minor prophets, except Jonah. This is God using Zechariah as his mouthpiece to the people through his word alone. And the last one, symbolic demonstrations. Sometimes Zechariah will do something in the physical world that represents the spiritual side of things. In one example, Zechariah forges a crown for the high priest of uh, Joshua, and again, it's not uh, the one who fought at Jericho, to remind him that one day there will be a man who is both king and high priest in Jerusalem. So here's a summary and overview. Um, uh, when God had a message for the people, he sent his prophets. The prophets would speak uh, forth the word of God's to kings, priests, and the people. 
The prophets warned the people of God's need to punish sin and pleaded with people to turn to God. But the Jews almost never listened. So God exiled them to foreign lands. The northern tribes were carried off by Assyrians. The southern tribes went to Babylon for 70 years. Now, the Jews have been released to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple of the Lord. The city is in ruins. The royal family has been reduced to governor status. The temple is under construction. But the words of the prophets still remain. And now the Jews have another chance to pay attention. God sends them a new prophet, Zechariah. This prophet has colorful visions, messages of comfort and hope to the Jews. It all begins with a simple request. Return to me, declares the Lord of hosts, that I may return to you. And that's in Zechariah, chapter 1, verse 3. Zechariah's writings encourage and admonish the Jews of Jerusalem. He specifically affirms the governor and the priest that time, of that time, I should say. He chastises the foolish leaders among them and calls all the people to follow God and remember the words of the prophets before. But most importantly, he anticipates a full restoration of God and his people. The temple will be rebuilt. Israel will be purified. The enemies will be overcome. And the Lord himself will dwell in Jerusalem. But this restoration isn't only for the Jews. The Lord will rule the whole earth and all the nations will worship him. So here's a quick outline of Zechariah. It's three parts. Uh, the first part is Zechariah's first visions. The second part is Zechariah's teaching to Israel. And the third is Zechariah's oracles. So let me first talk about Zechariah's first visions. Uh, one is the Lord calls Jerusalem to return to him. The Lord will return to Jerusalem. The Lord affirms Jeshua and Zerubbabel. The Lord's punishment on all other nations. And finally, the Lord's promises a priestly king. And those are Zechariah's first visions. Now let me tell you about Zechariah's teachings to Israel. The first one is learn from the former days. The next one is the Lord's return to Zion. And those are Zechariah's teaching to Israel. And finally, Zechariah's oracles. Here are Zechariah's oracles. There are three of them that I'll talk about. Number one, judgment on the nations, blessings on Israel. Number two, warnings against foolish shepherds. And number three, victory for God and his people. And that's all I wanted to say about the book of Zechariah. Now let's talk about, talk about the book of Malachi. So here's the book of Malachi. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. The next book is the start of the New Testament. Malachi finishes off the Minor Prophets, which is the last 12 books of the Old Testament. And the prophets spoke through visions, oracles, and dreams, and parables. 
The prophet Malachi isn't mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, but he deals with some of the same issues that Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah the governor deal with when Jews disregard God's laws in their times. For example, corrupt priests, intermarriage with pagans, lapses in tithes and offerings. So the Jews had returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. They obeyed the messages of God from the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. They rebuilt the temple of God. And nothing happened. No Messiah, no great divine war against Israel's enemies, no worldwide kingdom of God. None of the good things those prophets said would come about. So the people grew indifferent. They offered faulty sacrifices, married pagan women, were unfaithful to their wives, and withheld tithes and offerings. Furthermore, the priests of God were misleading the people and disrespecting the God who had called them to ministry. God has made sacred covenants with his people. He's their father and master, the one who loves them and disciplines them. This sort of behavior just won't do. So a prophet named Malachi, which means my messenger, points out the great disconnect between God and his people. He cares for them, but they don't care for God. The people and the priests have become estranged to God, and the disconnect has grown to a point where the people just can't wrap their minds around God's nature and expectations. Malachi will state the way God sees things, but anticipates that the people will not understand. Malachi often says something to the effect of, This is what you have done, yet you say, How have we done this? Here are a few ways the disconnect takes shape in the people. So, one, they doubt his love for them. Next, they don't understand how God's how God view their offerings. And then they forget the way God values justice. They neglect their tithes and offerings. They claim that serving God is useless. Fortunately, Malachi's message resonates with some of the people, the Jews who still revere God, write their names in a book, and God promises to purify Israel, punishing the wicked, but sparing the righteous. But before he comes to purify them, God will send another messenger to clear the way. So here's a quick line, a uh, quick outline, I should say, of Malachi. So God loves his children. That's, that's the first one. The next one, God disciplines his children. Uh, one, for priests for dishonesty. Two, for intermarriage with foreigners. And three, husbands' infidelity. Next, God will purify his children. Then some people again revere the Lord. And then, finally, God will bless those who fear him. Okay, and this is where the minor prophets end, and this is where the Old Testament ends. That's all I wanted to say uh, about the book of Malachi. Now, let's do a quick review before closing. Today, I've talked about Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Okay, so... In Zephaniah, God warns that he will judge Israel and the surrounding nations, but also that he will restore them in peace and justice. Next, 
Haggai, in the book of Haggai, the people have abandoned their work of restoring God's temple in Jerusalem, and so Haggai takes them to task. In the book of Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah calls Israel to return to God and records prophetic visions that show what's happening behind the scenes. And finally, in the book of Malachi, God has been faithful to Israel, but they continue to live disconnected from him. So God sends Malachi to call them out. And that wraps up the Old Testament, and this is Bible 101 from the Resurrection Center. Our pastors are Pastor Jose Martinez and his wife, Pastor Melly Martinez. I'm David Ewan, and this is K-Radio and Resurrection Center Radio. You can check us out at thekradio.com. Thank you for listening.